Hi, this is Molly Storm from Stowe, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. Delicious, Lavernius. Shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog. Shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. This show talks about barbecue and grilling items that are only of the highest importance to this industry. Show's live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It's also being recorded for podcast listens for those of you that don't catch the live show. But I recommend trying the live show at least one time in your life so you can see all the things that go on and who knows what can happen people that listen live don't get the benefit of when something goes terribly wrong having it edited out so they don't have to live through it they're living through it with me that's why I always like the live listeners best I've said it before I'll say it again in case you didn't know where the show originates from we do it right here Palm City, USA, Cleveland. Still to come on the show this evening, Jess Priles and Jonathan Jones. Jess comes up in about 13 minutes from now. Jonathan Jones in about 23, 33 minutes from now. Let's say it that way. And don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed or over on YouTube slash RDRempy. Or, as I mentioned in the first hour, there's a fairly robust chat going on. Some show-related, some not show-related. Also, we are live over on Clubhouse as well with the usual suspects in Clubhouse, probably busy working or doing something other than being able to watch, or maybe they're watching the baseball game, or they have a significant other that couldn't possibly understand why they would want to be listening to some dope like me talk about the things that are going on in the live fire industry. However you want to get it, it's up to you, and I just appreciate you tuning in or getting it on podcast, however you do it. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show, in 10 minutes or less, episode 238, coming from June 12, 2018. And this week, we feature our pal Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly, the very first full-time barbecue editor, as it were. You might recall from time to time on this show, I would regale somebody with this phrase. Well, excuse me, so-and-so, on this show, we're courageous. I just didn't make that up. That was something that happened on the show. From time to time, I say it, but where did it come from? Well, back in 2018, Daniel Vaughn was a guest on this show, as he is still these days. And he 
is the one that coined the phrase, I thought we were courageous on the show. Now, what's the context? Well, somehow or another, uh, and maybe I had just decided to ask him about this, or maybe it was just offhanded and we went down the rabbit hole, things that have a tendency to happen with any of my guests, but especially Daniel. But what had happened was I told him about, because remember, 2018, this is four years ago, four plus years ago, we were really big into, we, I was really big into tasking myself and the embedded correspondence to do dopey things over the course of a month and then report back on our findings to see if what my thought was actually played out in real life. And one of those first things everybody thought was totally ridiculous was what I termed the purposeful undercooking of steak in America, where I said, hey, go to any steak restaurant. The majority of the time, if you order something to a specific internal temperature, uh, I think we were using 135 or 140, I don't remember exactly, that there's no way it's coming out on the mark, number one. And number two, between cooking over and cooking under, places are going to, on purpose, cook under because why? If the steak is over, then you can't put it back on the grill and cook it back down to the internal temperature that you want, but you can leave it short and then, A, hope the guest is like, no, 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 you put this back on there. You can bring it up to the target temperature, but as I still maintain, the majority of folks aren't going to want to rock the boat. They want to be that customer. They don't want to bitch and moan about how their steak's not to however they want it, which is totally within your right. If it's not how you want it, you send it back, you get it how you want it. But restaurants, I thought, were hedging on that whole side of people, A, won't say anything, and then since we undercook it, we can bring it up to proper temperature or add a few more degrees to it. But once it's over, we got to throw it out and start again. And we got into that conversation. I had made a reference to a higher in steakhouse in Columbus. And he said, well, why aren't you naming it? I thought we were courageous on this show. And that's where the whole courageous thing was born. And don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment that's been lost in the archives, email John and let him know what you'd like to hear. J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show dot com. And he will do his best to meet your expectation. Programming note. For next week, next Tuesday, no show next week. Sorry, that's the right one. There will be no show next week. However, there will be a podcast that drops on Tuesday to supplement that programming, but there will be no live show next week, and I'll explain that the week after on why that's happening. Uh, But nothing crazy, nothing dangerous or anything like that. Now, if I might use the remainder of this segment to back down a number of people on the TikTok app uh, TikTok the TikTok app that are coming for my neck you might recall in the beginning of the month and as I've asked every single guest that showed up here this evening if he had used mayo as a binder on beef before Malcolm said that he had used it on chicken not beef and then uh, much to contradict Stephen Reichland's uh, thought of using it on fish. Some famous chef, he said, use it on fish. Malcolm said, don't use it on fish. He had a terrible mayo fish experience, but had not 
used it on beef. I had posted that clip, that one-minute jump on TikTok, and that inspired friend of show and nephew of Sweet Baby Ray, Deuce Raymond, Chef Deuce Raymond, to give it a go. He had messaged me. He said, I saw this with you and Malcolm. I'm going to give this mayo thing a shot. I'll do a video of it, post it, tag it, and when it's done. I said, great. So he went into his commercial kitchen, made the TikTok on it. Well, now the fun starts because he referenced hearing about this mayo binder on my show and some guy named Dick Paste or Dickie Paste or whatever his name is does a duet with Deuce's video making sure he was telling everybody he's the one who invented this mayo as a binder deal. And he knew all about the benefits and why it's great to use on brisket. I don't really have an issue with Dick Paste, per se. He has almost half a million followers, so congratulations on that success. I have more of a problem with his fans who blindly started telling me that I need to give credit to Dickie Paste for his mayo binder technique. As if I was trying to claim the method as my own or pass it off as mine. So let's get a few things ironed out here while I have a few minutes. Number one, thank you to all of the dick paste fans that came over to my account and started following me on TikTok. Win for me. Number two, to all of you kooks who are telling me to give dick paste the proper credit, fine. Dicky Paste, good for you for inventing the mayo as a binder on beef method, especially brisket. I mean, I have no way of proving that you're the one that started it other than you saying you did, but I don't even care enough to prove you right or wrong. And lastly, and this is most important, next time before... All of you Dick Paste or Dicky Paste fans decide to jump on another account because Dicky tells you to. Why not go ahead and do a little due diligence on your own before you blindly spit hate at me or someone else? If you would have taken one minute to go to my account and listen to the portion of the interview I posted with Malcolm Reed specifically talking about that, you would have heard exactly what I asked, and exactly how Malcolm answered, which is no one taking credit for mayo on beef. No one is taking credit for that. Not me, not Malcolm. No one so far this evening has even thought about using it. So Dickie Paste, good for you for changing the world as we know it. Because you used mayo as a binder before anyone else. And congratulations to your fans who blindly follow you around before doing any of their own recon on a situation. And yes, this is the problem with the world today, but we don't have enough time to fix it here tonight. Maybe next week. Give Dickie Pace a follow, too. Why not? He's very popular. He's got almost 500,000 people. What do we love about Primo cookers? Well, they're ceramic. And what do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meat. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot 
for high temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike because it's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. And our Primo grills and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well, like being a fuel miser. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. We all know the new lift hinge. We all know the Primo grill rotisserie, the pizza accessory, the half pan, the drip pan, the rib rack, the list goes on. Keep your eyes peeled for the new stuff that's coming out. By the way, in less than a month, we're going to be doing a live on remote. I will be here in the studio, but I'll be going out live on remote to Primo Grills as they're doing a big customer event and dealer event. So that's going to be very exciting. Here's the bottom line. The best ceramics in the biz, patent technology, true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, and yes, you just have to have a round one. They have those as well. But really, consider the oval for Pete's sake. That's the difference. Visit primogrill.com. Find a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Who's ready for a Primo? We're all ready for Primos. Let's go. Primogrill.com. As I think about stalling, I won't because I know she's going to be here when we come back from break. Jess Pryle's not in the green room, but I'm sure she will be shortly. Otherwise, I'm coming back at Dick Pace. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you are a beginner or you are a professional, it's definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. You go to the website, visit pitbarrelcooker.com, and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you, and then once that magical cooker appears, you'll be very excited. You'll be mystified. You'll also be very excited. And I'm not just saying that. Those who have yet to cook on the barrel are only destined to be shock and awed in only the best ways possible. Remember, celebrity neighbor of this show, Desmond, neighbor Desmond, do you remember him? I introduced him to the pit barrel cooker because I have one. And over the years that we lived next door to each other, he would go, and I have 10, 11, 12, 15 cookers at any given time, especially when I was living next to him that were changing rapidly. He had access to all of those free reign. He could just walk across the yard, use whatever grill he wanted. It didn't matter. 
time and time again. Neighbor Desmond comes over, picks up the pit barrel, takes the stand, puts it over in his part of the yard, slams it down, fires it up. He's making briskets. He's making ribs. He's doing chicken. He tried steaks. He's done tri-tips, all that stuff. I said, Desmond, you have access to damn near 18 other grills of varying fuel sizes, cooking techniques, whatever. Why the pit barrel? He said, because I love the pit barrel. Or as he would call it, the barrel. So when I moved, I would like to sit here and tell you, hey, I'm a pretty dynamic individual. The parting gift for me moving away from you is what? You can go ahead and keep that pit barrel cooker because I'll just call Noah and Amber and see if they can't send a new one to the new house over in Willoughby. I would love to say that. That's a lie. I wanted to bring the pit barrel with me because it's my grill. However, it didn't seem like there was ever a great time to bring that particular question up as we were getting ready to move out. So instead of risking that awkward conversation and then having a much more sizable and muscular man than me take umbrage with such question, I just let it go. Moved, sent Noah an email, said, eh, could, is there any way you could see your way clear to house gifting me, new house gifting me, new to me? A Pit Barrel Jr., because that's more my size, and I just couldn't get neighbor Desmond to agree that I should get my grill back. So now he has it in Wycliffe, one city over from me, and now I have my pit barrel cooker amongst all the other cookers that I have as well, and everybody's happy. And basically what I'm saying is, Desmond took my grill, damn it. Get that big stuff out of here. Who knew it? Lance Owens is writing in. Listening to you right now, and I have my ribs on the cooker. Look at those. Very nice. Very nice. Man. Lance lives in Hawaii, and he loves tropical locations, and uh, he's a great uh, backyard cook, you know, like me. Just taking it as it comes, doing all that stuff. Uh, listener feedback, Damon. In Virginia Beach, writing in, Greg, do you ever watch this guy on YouTube named Guga? I think he would be a great guest. Love the show. Regards, Damon. Who's Guga? Never heard of him. Get that big stuff out of here. Oh, you mean the guy that has almost as many followers on YouTube as Sam the Cooking Guy? Yes, I've heard of him. He was originally sous vide everything. Now he's transitioned a bit to more just cooking steaks. His steak refrigerator is one to behold, no matter what your level of expertise is on the live fire side of things. What I have trouble wrapping my head around when it comes to Guga is this not success, not effort, not time put in. He's obviously got some great partnerships that are paying him enough money to do whatever he's doing and keep the level of meat that he's keeping at his particular production studio. I don't know if that's his house or not. I don't know, whatever. And that doesn't even matter. It's this 
crazy fascination with putting stuff on stakes that nobody would think of. And, and maybe that's the niche. Maybe that's the wheelhouse. Maybe it's just on the fringe enough to create mystery and fascination and being outside the box enough, being irreverent enough in the culinary world, especially live fire, where you get people talking about, what is this guy doing? For instance, he's got this nice prime gate. Maybe it was Wagyu, but I think it was a prime graded steak. Beautiful. The ribeye, great trim, great marbling, all the stuff that you've come to know and love about a prime steak when you buy it. Well, what does he do? He goes into the Kraft macaroni and cheese box, pulls out the cheese packet, and proceeds to sprinkle cheese all over one side and all over the next side. And now he's got a Kraft mac and cheese cheese packet seasoned steak. Well, he's got other two steaks. One that he seasons a completely different way, but more normal-ish. And then the other one, which they call the control steak, which is just salt and pepper and garlic powder. There's a garlic salt, one of those. And on the grill they go all together. And then he serves them up in kind of a blind tasting. Doesn't tell them which one is which or what's on which. He just has his guys taste them. And then they react. Well, wouldn't you know? What wins the day? The macaroni and cheese steak. Not macaroni and cheese. The macaroni and cheese cheese packet steak wins the day. There was a flavor. All three of them were very happy with the results. Loved them. I don't think that's really getting me into the mood to try putting a cheese packet on steak. No matter how good he says it is, and I have a slow and sear, even though a lot of you are without that watch his videos because every, all of you went and bought every last second of them. But that doesn't get me. That doesn't motivate me to want to go out and try crazy stuff on steak. If I'm going to spend good money on steak, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to go a little double secret steak rub. I'm going to go a little cash cow. Probably going to sous vide it because I got other things going on. And then I'm going to hit it with some high heat one way or another to get the Maillard reaction, get the nice crust built on the outside, take it to uh, in the sous vide 128 and then a couple minutes on each side, you know, it's going to live somewhere in that 130 range, 135 range tops after it rests probably. And then I'm, I'm very happy with that. Everybody else is very happy with that in the house, but I would get some pretty weird looks with the, Hey honey, let's break out the Kraft macaroni and cheese box and Give me the cheese pack, toss away the macaroni, we'll keep it for later, eat the plane, and then just go to town with the cheese. I mean, I don't even know if that cheese is really good for you. It's probably got a lot of salt. It's got some type of dehydrated milk product. Milk product. Maybe not even milk. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's not really that good for you anyway. But evidently, it makes a delicious steak. So any of you that want to go ahead and try it, Maybe take some pictures, maybe do some real bad video of it, send it to me, and I can have you on the show. We can talk all about if Google was right or Google was wrong, and you can keep an open mind. I would keep an open mind. I just don't think I want to do that, much like I don't think I really have any interest 
in buying a vat of mayonnaise and using that as a binder on meat. I don't think that's for me. It might be for you. It might not be for other folks. I don't know. But if you want to try the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Cheese Packet Steak, and you can tell me how good or bad it is after you try it, I'll have you on the show. We can do a full review. We can review Guga, and then we can review you, and it'll be succulent. So go ahead and let me know if you're interested in doing that. We can hook it up and check back in like a week or so. Well, it appears I have the time. Get that big stuff out of here. I don't know why it was, but as I was looking in the switching box tonight, I'm just looking going, you know what? I have a really bad feeling about tonight and her because from time to time she will get busy doing things that are perhaps more important than my show and she might forget that she's supposed to be a guest on the show. I mean, it is quarterly, it's not monthly, so it's pressing on top of head all the time. But I had a feeling this could be one of those months, and look at me, I'm uh, right once again. I hate that. We had a lot of great things to talk about, and now I'm left to vamp and fill time as we wait for Jonathan Jones, who I am now crossing my fingers that he's going to show I know he's going to show up. Let's look at some listener feedback here in the instant chat. Austin Parsons weighing in. Wow, Greg, first mayo on beef. Now you're inventing powder cheesed rub steaks. Next, you're going to tell us you created a new way of mashing wood powder into pellets for cooking. Who told you about that? Way to go. Austin, you blew the whole wad. All right, folks, breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. I'm going to do it. Good evening, folks. Greg Rampey from the Breaking News Desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, Bomb City, USA, where we break the most live fire breaking news across the country. Nay, the globe. I have found a process where you can go to a mill, take these hardwood trees that you would normally use in a stick burner. I found a way to get the sawdust out of these places. I take them to this thing called a extruder through a die and through incredible amount of pressure and heat. I'm going to make these things called wood pellets. It's going to change the industry. And don't you dare come up to me talking about, oh, I'm the one that invented cooking pellets. There's already pellet cookers out there. No, there's not. No, there's not. Johnny. Johnny, are you there? You're muted. There you go. You there, John? Hi, Greg. Hey. Uh, What's your take? You're a host of a uh, barbecue podcast. Have you ever heard or have you ever used mayo as a binder, specifically on meat or specifically on brisket? I have not. Do you know actually, do you know anybody that has? No, not yet. Hmm. Nope. Are you ready to try it? I'm willing to give it a shot. Are you? Sure, why not? Right. Well, I saw 
Deuce Raymond, who is of the lineage of Sweet Baby Ray's, Dave Raymond. He's a barbecue caterer out there, and he did a TikTok video of it. Now, I have to say, aside from uh, Dick Paste saying that he's the one that invented this or introduced it to social media or whatever he's taking credit for, and everybody wants to make sure that I'm giving him the credit. A deuce said that it actually worked really good. It looked really weird in the beginning, but he did the normal salt, black pepper, onion or uh, garlic powder, put it in the cooker for 20 hours or whatever it was, and uh, it ended up being a pretty attractive-looking brisket after the fact. But you're saying you're up for it. You would do it? I'd, I'd, I'd give it a shot just to see what... Um you know, what the hype is about, if you will. When you, if you really think about it, the mayonnaise is basically a fat to begin with. Yeah, right. So what, what's really the difference of, you know, I, I see people pouring the, you know, the beef tallow in after the fat before they slice it. It's kind of the reverse of that. You're putting the fat on before. Now, here's the question. You're down with that, or at least open to trying it. I'd also mentioned that this Guga had put a packet of Kraft Macaroni and Cheese cheese all over a steak and then cooked it. Are you open to doing that? Yeah. Johnny is a taste rebel. <laughs> Look at this guy. All right. Now, is that something you're willing to do and then come back on the show and report about? Absolutely. And you're in New Hampshire? Yes, sir. I have great news. Ladies and gentlemen, we have now found our new New Hampshire embedded correspondent, Johnny Max, host of the Pit Life Barbecue Show, which can be found on the United Podcast Network. So get that done. No specific time frame, of course. And then let me know. We'll have you back on. and We can talk all about mac and cheese, cheese steak. Do you, did you see the video by chance? I didn't, but um, I am a subscriber to his, and uh, I'll, I'll go check it out for sure, and uh, I will give it a uh, whirl. All right, check it out. Uh, try to follow his process as close as possible so we can talk about it educatedly. I don't think that's a real word, and uh, we'll have you back on when that when that's done. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny Thanks, Bags Greg. right there. If you like barbecue podcasts, that aren't this one, then I would suggest taking Johnny Mags out there on the Pit Life Barbecue Show. It does air live on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, there's a little bit of a weird thing going on because the owner of that whole podcast network uh, deals with cigars. It's two guys' cigars. You remember Mr. Jonathan, my cigar expert. So there's weird things that go on with YouTube and Facebook and the mention of cigars or retailing of cigars, things like this. So sometimes their page gets blocked or doesn't get promoted. So if you go on uh, Tuesdays around 5 p.m. Eastern, you can usually find Johnny's Pit Life Barbecue Show that's airing live there in video. Otherwise, you can just get the podcast like any other podcast and go from there. Uh, Lance Owens weighing in once more. After I did the mayo and the scrambled eggs, I would completely be fine with doing that on meat, all right? So Lance has no problem with that. Here's Dan. 
Really speaking truth and fire, real men would cover that steak in Velveeta. No doubt. Let's go. Give me that Velveeta. There's no amount of Velveeta that would be enough. Can you... How about this? I'm taking credit for this one. Outside of the wood pellets that I just invented and then brought to market. Velveeta, but sous vide in Velveeta. How about that? Just put a big tub of Velveeta in the sous vide machine. Get it heated to like 130 degrees. Jam a piece of beef within the cheese thicket. And then sous vide that piece of steak in Velveeta cheese. I'm the one that's starting this now. Nobody can take credit for it. Dick Paste or Dickie Paste or his fans can't say I need to give him credit or he's the one that started it. This is my baby. Suviding in Velveeta cheese. I'm thanking Dan up front for the inspiration, but this is mine now. I'm running with it. Dan, I'm going to erase everything that you, uh, that you say. This ought to be fun. Why not see if my pal Joe Martinez, who has been on stage a billion times, and we've never hear him because there's always problems. Joe, are you there? <laughs> Joe, you got a problem with your computer. There's no doubt in my mind. I just had Johnny Mags up here. It went swimmingly. And there's just no way that I can't hear you. Like, how can I not hear you? That's ridiculous. Joe, you're never allowed on my show again. Don't. As a, as a matter of fact, you're blocked from now on. You, you can't ever listen to the show. You're banned. And if you keep after me, I'm going to ban you from the internet. That's how serious I am. I don't ban many people from the internet, but I have the technology. And I will own you on the bans. Don't do that. I'm never falling for it again, Joe. I'm never bringing you up on Clubhouse. I'm never going to you again. Always consider yourself, oh, just missed it. When in reality, I'm not doing it anymore. I can't put myself through that. How did I know that was going to happen? Of course. All right, Jonathan Jones is in the green room before we get to him. And I can't believe we made it through that segment on me. I'll talk to you about Yoder Smokers designing and building all of their products right here in the state and building pride through craftsmanship, world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of america from pellet grills to wood-fueled offset pits and charcoal grills consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the yoder smokers name make no mistake yoder smokers flavor driven design is unique to each style of pit and the teams develop their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come it's this generational thought that's rooted in their handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, and endless flavor. All of the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com. That's Yodersmokers.com right now and see which one you think would fit you best. We are back with Jonathan Jones right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's.
Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Joe Martinez is hot right now on Clubhouse, I can say that. This portion brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live-fire cooks like Darren Worth and Charles Cridlin. Why does that happen? And Jess Pryles, who completely didn't show up last segment. With mouth-watering flavor and no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and the trusted choice of top cooks to use at competitions and at home. Helping me close the show this evening is a pitmaster hailing from the great barbecue state of Arizona. He's a backyard barbecue enthusiast and master, the founder of the Smoke and Hope Barbecue Foundation, and someone who is just looking to spread the gospel of barbecue any way he can through social media, video platforms, and the like. So we race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, Jonathan Jones. Hey, Jonathan. What's going on? I am very excited to have you. It's been a weird first hour, a weird second hour to say the least. I thought I had a guest okay. coming in uh, last segment. Well, it turns out maybe she doesn't show up. And I'm left to figure out how to work that segment through my wiles. Luckily, I've done the show live for now 14 years, and I have a pretty good idea of what to keep just in case somebody shows or doesn't show or forgets or what have you, but that's neither here nor there. I have a question to lead off with tonight, Jonathan. I've been asking What's going on? the previous two guests. Have you ever used mayo as a binder on beef, specifically brisket? And if so, what has your experience told you? <laughs> I, I can't say... Uh... I can't say I have, man. <laughs> Never? Is that like a... Nah. <laughs> you know, hey, Greg, you know, coming from where I'm from, man, we don't even use mayo on a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> my my, my, my go-to binder has been, you know, the, the usual uh, olive oil, uh, hot sizzle, hot sauce, you know what I'm saying? Mustard, those types of things. Can't say I've used uh, mayo, though. Are you familiar with the uh, video platform TikTok? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, so, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, are you uh, subscribed or do you follow a guy named Dick Paste? Nah. <laughs> I <ain't> <laughs> that just ain't how I get down. I ain't following nobody with no name like that. All right. Well, it appears <laughs> that uh, maybe it's Dicky Paste. I don't know. But uh, it appears he's the one that has introduced social media to using mayo as a binder. As you said, uh, you know, when I first got into barbecue many, many years ago and the rub that I was using, it specifically called out Worcestershire sauce. And as you applied the rub, so it was Worcestershire first, uh, pork, ribs, what have you. And then you put the rub on and it made this great paste. And uh, no relation to dick paste, but it made this great paste. And uh, that's how I came up originally. And then I tried the mustard thing for a little while. I thought that was a little gimmicky. And uh, then I got into um, not olive oil, but I uh, use avocado oil a lot now because there's no flavor in that. It's got a higher smoke point, especially if you're going to do some high heat grilling. So uh, that's more of the binder of choice now. But if I'm if it's pork, I do go back to the old school. I do use 
Worcestershire sauce and uh, put the rub on there just because it reminds me of the old days and brings me back to when I actually knew nothing about barbecue. And you know, now that I've advanced in my years, I feel a little better about myself. Um, before we talk about Smoke and Hope and some other things, little personal background on you and uh, professional background. Yeah, so uh, uh, for those that can't read the name tag, my name is Jonathan Jones. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, first and foremost, man, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a dad, and um, I'm I, I I really pride myself on being um, someone that's a part of the community that's trying to do some positive things out here in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, for the longest time, I've always been a videographer, so I know my way around the camera, and that's how a lot of these this stuff came about. Is uh, you know, through social media, YouTube, uh, TikTok included, Instagram. Um, you know, I was uh, I started a family. We got our first house, and you know, what's the first thing you want to do once you get a house? You want to deck out your backyard. Yeah. You want to get a grill. And you know, coming up, we always in my family, we always been about barbecue and cookouts, and um, you know, feeding the community and things like that. So I wanted to recreate them memories with my family. Uh, Got a got a grill. Um, the the good old Black Friday deal at Walmart. Horrible bust down, <laughs> and um, um, fumbled my way through you know through the years with it. And then eventually I started saying, hey, you know what? What if I just brought my camera out here, out back with me, start shooting some content with it? And you know, you look up and you get a a, a small a small buzz on on social media, and then from there. Um, I got to the point where I was thinking like, hey, man, like, OK, I'm, I'm I'm creating content. I'm putting cool stuff out there. But what am I doing this for? And, um, you know, found found something that I'm really passionate about, which is barbecue and giving back to the community. You are a videographer by profession or trade, as you had mentioned. So maybe you have a leg up on a lot of folks that are now finding their way into social media, especially on the video side of things. What's the easiest thing creators at home can do to improve their video skills for social postings? Um, I'll, I'll give you a few tips. One for sure is just planning, man. Like a lot of times we think, okay, we, we know how to cook these things with our eyes closed, but we don't understand that, you know, there's a, there's a level of planning and timing that goes into, you know, shooting, whether it's videos or photos. So like get all your ducks in a row, have all the items that you're going to use, you know, throughout the cook. Uh, have them readily available and in position to shoot. Um, another thing too is just lighting, man. Like you know, don't shoot in horrible lighting. If it doesn't look good, you know, while you're shooting it or putting it together, like don't hit record. That's like the the two biggest rules. And then of course, you know, um, another tip would be you know try to have some some quality audio. You don't have to spend a ton of money. Um, one of the guys that uh, you know, one of my mentors coming up. I always told me like the best camera, I'm sure he stole this quote from somewhere online, but he said the, the best camera to have is the one that you have on you. <laughs> and uh, finding a way to uh, to combine, you know, whether it's cooking or whatever you're passionate about, finding a way to combine that passion uh, with uh, a, a certain level of art, artistic value and trying to uh, tell a story. I feel like storytelling and cooking go hand in hand, right? You prep, which would probably be like uh, like pre-production or, or, or scripting. You know what I mean? And then from there you have the cook, which is when you're on set and you're actually shooting. And then you got the, the later part, which is when you edit it all together, put it together. And, you know, for folks that are into barbecue and cooking, our, 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 our finale or our payoff 
It's slicing into that brisket, man. And seeing that you did it right, seeing that you rendered the fat down, or maybe it's slicing those ribs and taking that first bite and saying, yo, I stepped it up this time. So that's uh, that's kind of what I'm all about and how, uh, you know, what I was doing on the day in and day out uh, with videography has definitely had a major mm-hmm. impact on, you know, what I'm doing now. Jonathan Jones joining me here on the show, the website smokinghope.org. We'll talk about that here in a second. Follow him on Instagram at smokinghope and uh, at jonathan.bbq on Instagram as well. So two separate accounts there if you didn't follow that. So you're big into backyard. You're big into entertaining. You want to serve the community. A lot of people talk about that, but you're also walking a walk. You take it a next step further and actually uh, do and, and find a foundation called Smoke and Hope. So when did you first think about doing a foundation? I mean... I can't imagine what that's like actually getting set up and uh, and then upkeeping it, fundraising and all this stuff. So tell me about Smoke and Hope. It sounds pretty awesome. Well, I appreciate you asking me about it. And uh, Smoke and Hope, man, our whole mission is uh, giving back to the community through the passion of barbecue. We are the cookout that everybody's invited to. And um, we've, uh, you know, we've seen some, some tremendous uh, traction in what we do throughout these last few years. Um, back in 2018, excuse me there. <clears throat> back in 2018, um, my wife and I, uh, we had some plans fall through and we had a bunch of leftover uh, uh, food. And I figured, you know, I don't want to throw this stuff away. I figured like, you know, what if we just kind of packed this stuff up and like gave it to people that might need it? Or if we see, you know, homeless folks on the street or whatever it may be. And um, from there, it just kind of took off. It was just a one-time thing. You know, it wasn't about like, hey, look at this cool thing I'm doing. I just didn't want to waste no money. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and um, but, uh, but uh, another part of that too was that I was doing the social media. I was getting the likes. I was getting the engagement. But I really wanted to start putting something on people's timeline, uh, what, which is what I call soul food, something that sticks to your ribs, right? Um, you know, you got all kinds of negativity and, and stuff on social media. It would be, how dope would it be if you scrolled and saw, you know, me and, and my volunteers going out in the community and finding a creative way to give back and in, and in part trying to um, inspire other folks to uh, do the same thing um, through whatever, you know, creative or passion that they might have as well. So Smoke and Hope, we started uh, late 2018. Got some really good traction, all grassroots, but we were never official. And when you're not official, um, <laughs> there's a lot of liability. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of liability. There's a lot of hurdles um, that we had to overcome. And then so that was one of those things where that was a personal uh, grow, uh, part, uh, a growing uh, aspect of my life where it said, hey, like that's one of those things where you don't feel like doing it, but you need to do it and you need to grow through it. You need to go through it and you need to grow through it. And so me, you know, doing the research, learning how to uh, form a nonprofit, how to upkeep it, how to, uh, you know, create not only uh, a funding for it, but also how to create positive energy so that our volunteer pool, our volunteer pool is constantly, you know, up for the challenge of me saying, hey, guys, I know it's 112 degrees out here in Arizona. Let's put on these all black T-shirts <laughs> and go hand out barbecue. <laughs> so uh, it's been it's been a it's been an incredible ride, man. And we're we're still uh, green and we're still growing. 
Uh, but the way people have responded to what we're doing, not just the folks that we're serving, because it's not only our unhoused individuals and our, our, our friends, it's also just regular folks in the community who, uh, you know, it's cool that, you know, when we go out and do what we do, um, it's, you know, may, maybe it's a single mother that doesn't have to worry about, you know, feeding her kids or what, what's for dinner tonight. You know, they can go to the little smoke and hope pop up. So. Yeah, I, I am. I'm. A, I'm extremely proud about it, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Website once again is smoking s m o k i n smokinghope.org. So if you want to go check it out, I'm sure there's uh, ways to donate and uh, help out financially there, so you can continue doing what you're doing. It's a great thing, and I'm glad we could talk a little bit about that here this evening. So let's talk about cooking a little bit, Jonathan. What are the things okay. that you're into these days? Do you have like latest trends that you like trying, or do you just like the standbys? So I always, you know, fall back on my defaults, right? Brisket, ribs, pulled pork. And a lot, a big part of that too is with smoking Hope and with being a nonprofit, you really want to try to maximize your impact when you go and, you know, we, we go to Restaurant Depot and we pick up these proteins. We really want to make them spread, right? And <laughs> coming up with not, you know, all the... Uh, uh, financial means, you know what I mean? I know how to make a meal stretch. I know how to get people fed. Um, so I definitely, those are definitely my staples when we go out, but we try to get creative too. Like Ari being in Arizona, we are heavily influenced by all types of cultures, Native American, uh, uh, Mexican culture and foods and cuisine. So we do tacos, we do, you know, brisket, breakfast, burritos, those types of things where, you know, you pull up to somebody who's, uh, you know, who's really struggling and they're, they're dumbfounded. They're like, like, what, <laughs> what are y'all doing here? This is y'all. How, how long did this take? I'm like, yeah, that's a 14 hour brisket cook. And we did, you know, 10 or 12 of them. And, uh, <laughs> we cracked a ton of eggs. Shout out to my volunteers, man. I know they're, they're probably watching this right now. And they're just like, yeah, we did crack a lot of <laughs> eggs, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really fun. And it's a, it's an awesome challenge because, I've never been, I'm not a chef. I'm not a pit master. I'm just, you know, someone that's, that has always been looking to give back and, and try to make a positive impact. And, um, this whole process has really challenged me to step my game up, uh, to learn more information faster than ever, um, and apply it directly back to the people that we serve, um, which is, you know, our, our, our unhoused individuals here in Phoenix, Arizona. We also do stuff for our first responders as well. Uh, we try to hook up and bless people of all walks of life because at the end of the day, we all uh, have a common goal, which is, you know, to do the best we can with the resources that we got available. What are you cooking on? Um, I'm cooking on a ton of Oklahoma Joe's products. Oh, man. yeah? I got, Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout, shout out to Oklahoma Joe's, man. When they saw what we were doing um, – I think it was like the first video back in like mid 2018, man. Um, you know, I, I had my camera and I said, yo, we're going to cook 32 pounds of pulled pork. And at the time, that was like the most I had ever cooked. But I look back at that now and I'm like, four butts. That's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, when they saw what we were doing, they said, oh, like we got to hook you up. Let's set you up with a bigger grill. And then between that and then the the uh, the things that I do with the Jonathan Barbecue page, which is a little more, you know, fun. And uh, I, I'm kind of embracing some of this uh, Instagram reels and TikTok culture, folks. Uh, 
yeah they they they've continued to deck us out with you know all the 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 grills and things that we need uh if you looked in my backyard i know earlier on this uh segment you had mentioned that you had like 15 cookers at one time like that's <laughs> kind of how my backyard looks like so and and to the drum smokers even to the to the writer uh deluxe you know that's came in so much handy because i can start a brisket mm-hmm on the i can start a you know a bunch of briskets on the offsets and then i can move those over to the pellet grill once i've you know went ahead and wrapped them and i don't need so much you know smoke applied to it and at that point it's just more about you know maintaining temperatures and things like that so yeah i get down on a bunch of uh, a bunch of their products dude so since you <clears throat> pardon me since you have a number of them are you able to designate certain ones for certain proteins i know you had just mentioned you know you'll start them in one maybe finish them in another but you know outside of that are there certain cookers that you think are really chicken machines or rib machines or steak machines uh i, I can't say that I, I they 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 all can you know it's like in a lot of things in life right like you can reach a final destination by taking different routes so i don't have that but i will say like what I find, uh, what I find that I have to think about a lot is, okay, how many pounds are we cooking? Uh, like, you know, space on the grills. How do we want to position them? What do I feel like? Like, how much work do I feel like putting into yep. some of these cooks? Um, you know, especially when you talk about, oh, you know, like this weekend we're doing a backpack drive for for some kids back to school in an underprivileged community, and. Um, you know, kids don't want a whole lot of, you know, big rah-rah, you know, dinosaur, you know, beef ribs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, I'm like, okay, we don't, we probably don't need to hit them with a ton of, you know, smoke flavor and some over-the-top things. That's when you dial it back and you say, oh, if we're just grilling, you know, I can I can pop up the, uh, they got this awesome uh, the charcoal grill. It's called the... Uh, they got the judge as well as the uh, the blackjack man, and it's just they're, they're just fun to grill on. I love uh, I love switching it up because we do smoke a lot of proteins, but uh, grilling is also fun too. That's when you can do the hot and fast things, where you know if we put in a bunch of chicken on there to make chicken sandwiches or something, uh, we could really get down, man. Jonathan, let me ask you one last question, and uh, let's talk about Arizona here for a second. When I had first gotten into this deal, so it's. 14 years now doing live shows, two years as a straight podcast before that. So I've been doing it for quite a while. There was a definite section of time where Arizona was one of the budding barbecue communities, especially on the competition side of thing. I think there was the AZ barbecue society and then that had fractured off and those guys uh, or some of them decided to start something else. So maybe there were two or three different sanctioning, but they've all seemed to die off at this point. So now you're either finding maybe an IBCA or a KCBS contest in Arizona. What's your take on Arizona barbecue culture right now, encompassing competitions and just restaurants and barbecue themes in general? I think uh, we're in a very uh, interesting spot right now. I think there's a lot of uh, younger folk that are a part of this culture that are starting to see that, you know, through you know whether it's social media the food truck industry um smaller restaurants they're saying hey you know what if we took some of these um traditional dishes and traditional recipes and put a spin on it whether it's just using what we have at our disposal right again back to 
the cultural references and, and things that we have here. Uh, Mexican culture, no pales, right? We have cactuses like outside, <laughs> you know what I mean? We can, we can, we can, we can make that into a dish, whether you're going to garnish things with it, or I've had just straight up nopales tacos, you know what I mean? Where, you know, someone that that's not from the state, they would see that type of cactus and thing like, you know, there's no food there. Um, or, uh, prickly pear, right? Prickly pear is another, uh, uh, but that grows off of a cactus. Seeing folks make barbecue sauce with uh, that's infused with prickly pear, pekin chilies, jalapenos. Uh, so there's definitely like an Arizona style of barbecue. Um, and the cool thing about Arizona too is that you know it's it's that Southwest region. So we get a lot of influence from, of course, Texas, Mexico, and then you got things like uh, influences from from uh, from California, which they have water, which is amazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they have <laughs> some of their dishes. You know, we, we we would think, oh man, I wish I could, you know, get that. We actually can now. We're in an age where you can literally have something overnighted to mm -hmm. you. Um, it's it's a really cool. Uh, it, I think we're in a really cool, you know, moment in time where. Um, we can prop, uh, Arizona can make that comeback, right? We can, we can rebuild some of those things that maybe got fractured off, like you were saying. Um, but I'm always about, uh, you know, also, you know, taking outside, uh, resources and information. Like there's so many guys out here, so many folks out here that are heavily influenced from, you know, the Texas Tijano culture, which is, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, te Texas has a bunch of different, you know, types of barbecue, too. But getting down to, you know, hey, brisket is king, things like that. And then saying, OK, how do we put a spin on brisket? Um, it's really cool to be a part of. Uh, I'm still a student of the game. So I just show love to these guys that I see that I see doing it. And then I say, hey, by the way, I got this Smoking Hope organization. I'd love for you to come out and guest cook. And uh, from there, you, you start to create a dialogue with different people, different cultures, and uh, really getting people to mesh together and come together and support the community. Jonathan Jones breaking it all down for us right here. He is the founder and uh, pitmaster of Smoke and Hope. The website smokinghope.org, and you can also follow the Smoke and Hope Instagram at Smoke and Hope, or you can follow Jonathan on Instagram on his personal account, Jonathan dot bbq and check out what he's up to jonathan really appreciate the time this evening learning about you and of course the smoke and hope foundation continued success and we'll do it again soon i appreciate you you got it there he is jonathan jones right All there guests appear via the oklahoma joe's rider deluxe pellet grills hotline inspiring to say the least what he's got going on with smoke and hope so if you have some extra bucks that you're looking to donate to great causes and you heard this why not go over to smokinghope.org and go ahead and donate financially? I know a lot of these different charitable organizations, people want to show up or, you know, give product, this and that, and the other thing. But really in the end, this is just my opinion. While labor is great, volunteers are great, of course, you know, what helps any organization like this? Cash, money. You know, he knows what to do with it best. He can probably do the group buys best in his area because he already has those relationships already made. So give some money. Why not? If you got a couple extra discretionary dollars, do it. I'm sure he would appreciate it. I would appreciate it as you being a fan of the show, having him see people support really great causes as they are happening out there. Before we close the show tonight, we'll talk to you about Green Mountain Grills. 
Choice Line Prime Line. What do we know about the Choice Line? Save you some money. Not Wi-Fi capable. You don't get an app to mess around with it. But you get a really great cooker, built really well, decent size capacity. It's middle size, so if you got a family of five or six, you don't do any large entertaining big parties or anything like that. I mean, you can stage off if you want to, but if you really look for something that's got a lot of space, that's probably not going to be the one you want. You might want to look at the Prime line instead, so for a couple hundred bucks more, what do you get? A little bit more of a robust build on the chassis. You get peeking windows on the main cooking chamber, the pellet hopper, two internal meat probes. You have now Wi-Fi. You have an app. You can go into the app. You never have to go outside. After you get it turned on, you can raise the temperature from the app. You can lower the temperature from the app. All that fun stuff. It's great. It's only sold through dealers, so find a dealer near you. Go to GreenMountainGrill.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And you can then learn all about them, right? From the sales guy, he'll get you educated. You buy the one that's best for you, get it home, and you have success right out of the box. Great. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we thank Jonathan Jones for joining us last segment, talking about Smoke and Hope, smokeandhope.org, his website. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket. And after World War II, the wristwatch came into vogue. The pocket watch quickly became an afterthought, finding their way in the sock drawers and the scrap heaps of America. Quite simply, a tragedy under Bordic Watch, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bringing it to the present day, where wristwatches are finding incredible popularity once again. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Bordic makes is unique and one-of-a-kind, Nobody else will have a watch just like yours. In fact, my best pally, Jeff Richards, just got one down in Columbus. He was visiting a boutique shop out in Colorado, gave me a call. He's like, what do you think about this watch? It was almost like the one they're going to build me when they get back to building the railroad size watches again, which I'm very excited for. So great to see my buddy Jeff get one. He was a little concerned about dropping money on a watch like that, but I said, you know what, if you got it, there's nothing else you want to put it to. Do you want to indulge a little bit? This is a piece of American history right here, and it's a ball watch. He has ties to Cleveland, even though he lives in Columbus now because we all went to high school together and all that fun stuff. So it's a great purchase for him. It looks absolutely stunning, and I can't wait to get mine. But no one else has one just like that. It's one of a kind. So go over and check out the website, VorticWatches.com. That's VorticWatches.com. Founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Let's go ahead and get out of here all the way back in the first hour. Stephen Reichland was right here, talked about grilling lobster. We talked about how Tommy the Rock Opera, in his opinion, is great. In my opinion, trash. We'll agree to disagree. Then we talked with Travis McGee. He was the original owner and founder of M-Grills. They have now sold M-Grills to a big fabricating shop out there in Nebraska called Kenny Manufacturing. They also bought F- 
fire built grills or built grill works or some other pellet cooker company. They also have some drum smokers and some other things. So Kenny was in line to do some buying and then grills was able to strike a deal with them. Second hour, just Priles. No! Maybe in two weeks we can reline her back up, but maybe not. I hope she's all right. I didn't even get a text message back after I said, are you okay? I'll report back through social media. And then closing out the show, of course, it was Jonathan Jones. Smokeandhope.org is his foundation. He's a also great backyard and community cook. But doing it for this foundation is very inspiring. So go help him out if you can. JonathanJones.com. I'm sorry. Smokeandhope.org. And you can follow him, uh, Instagram, personal account, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Jonathan.bbq, or the Instagram for the foundation is at Smokin' Hope. Programming note once more, there is not a show next week, but there will be a roundtable-type podcast. We'll be talking a lot about Oklahoma Joe's as we wind down our advertising time with them. So there will be content coming into the feed next Tuesday, but there will not be a live show. So how do I always leave? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. What's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time.